BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up, dude? It's been a while. It is uh, It is exciting to be across the table from you. Cheers, man. Cheers. Slatcha, as they say. Uh, okay. Uh, quick shout out to the business sponsors. We'll get it out yeah, of the way. What's with this table, bro? I know, right? We got to get rid of this table. Heads up. We might be doing some changes in the future, but as soon as we get paid. All right, continue. <laughs> Queen City Creative Works, thank you so much uh, for everything you guys do for us. They make really nice coasters, which I'm using today, branded. It's Black Slate, um, so they are nice. And then they have little uh, cushions on the bottom, so you're not scraping anything or leaving any marks, okay? So they are a Etsy shop on Roy's, as we like to say. So please follow QueenCityCreativeWorks.com and support us as well as them. They are a married couple that are local in Buffalo, and they can make customized items for you. Addies, thank you so much for your logo. And who else we got? That's it. That's it. So it's been a hot minute since we did a weekly episode. Yeah, I know. It's nice to be back, you know, be back in the stooge. It is. But I do have a useless fact. Oh, go for it. I'm going to see if I can pull up and make it visible on camera. I doubt it. But useless fact for today is Derek Acruso, co-host of Buffalo Happy Hour podcast, and uh, co-founder, CFO of Buffalo Happy Hour LLC, enjoyed over 30 different whiskeys on his honeymoon. Hell yeah. That is today's useless fact. What's that little yellow dot on your screen? Uh, that was the above fluorescent light when I took the oh. uh, photo at the pretzel place. <laughs> so uh, we're doing good. But let's let's dive into the honeymoon, dude. You just got back. Um, I have to say... I think I turned you into a cappuccino lover from Ireland. Yes, very much so. So uh, so talk <clears throat> about it from start to finish. Where did you fly out of? How was the experience? <sighs> we still got to talk about Friday because Friday was the overall summary recap with Harley. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we got to talk about that. But I uh, run me through the whole thing, dude. How was it? Indescribable. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. That's all I can do. <laughs> next question. Uh, next question. Just leave it at that. Indescribable. So 
it was fascinating. I, I'm very fortunate that my wife also loves Scott, Scottish culture and Scotland because that made the honeymoon so much more interesting because she was able to enjoy it as well. Yeah. So I'm going to leave Isla to the end because Isla, whenever we go somewhere, uh, this is honeymoon or just a regular vacation, we always talk about in a, in a grand scheme of things, if we one had to move there, where would we move? And two, would we come back if we had to vacation again? Those are kind of our two, um, I guess, factors on if we enjoyed the vacation. So it, when we were in Charleston, we were like, if we had to move to Charleston, would you move there or would you vacation to go back there again? In Scotland, it was like, all right, we went to so many different places. We traveled over 700 miles in a car the entire trip, which is outrageous, especially for a honeymoon. I mean, did honeymoon. You, did you guys drive? No, we had a personal driver oh. the entire time. Chill. Bougie. Bougie. So um, we traveled 700 miles the entire trip by car, and we went to the, the big the big four were Isla, Glasgow, Inverness, and Edinburgh. Those are the four major places that we went to. All of them very different, and we were like, which one would you move to? Which one would you vacation back to? If we had to move to one, it would have been Inverness. And if we want to go back, it's definitely going to be Isla because that was the highlight of the trip. But that being said, I'm going to save that to the end. So, first of all, if you're watching this and you're planning a vacation and you're getting overwhelmed or you don't know really where to start, get a travel agent or somebody. She, she's not really a travel agent. She's more of like a trip planner or like a, I don't even know what you would call her. But it's not really a travel agency. It's not like AAA where you're going there. No, no, no. It's not. They're not like AAA, but they are a. They're a travel. I mean, they are a travel agency. She's just a travel agent on roids. Right. But she's also unbelievable at her job. Yeah, hundred percent. So, if you're thinking about it, do it because even though it does cost a little bit extra, there's so much freeness that you feel when you're on vacation when you have somebody else planning and doing the entire thing for you we didn't have to worry about anything we had a personal driver the entire time that talked an excruciatingly amount of time because he was a history teacher which we'll get to i it's hard for me to like explain the trip because there was just so much going on well just so i'm actually going to go back to front we, we oh, left out of, i know it's going to be confusing to everybody but the way that i interpreted the trip is i had so much more not so much more fun, but I enjoyed the front, the first half, and then it kind of faded at the end, which was cool just because you start off with Isla with the scotch drinker. How can you really beat that, you know? So we flew out of Edinburgh to come back home. Um, Edinburgh was a cool city. It's a very touristy city, but it's extremely, extremely old. Um the, the architecture there, it's just, it's very monochromatic. Like all the buildings are the same um, stucco outside that's tan, like washed brick. Like it's all the same in, in a very historical sense. So it's pretty cool. It was cool to go there and see like castles and stuff like that and go hiking to find monuments. And there's a ton of history in Scotland from, sure. uh, from a military standpoint when they were fighting the British. So we, we did a couple cool things in Edinburgh. One of the coolest things that we did was it's this place called St. Mary's Close, which. In the city of Edinburgh, the buildings are very high and they're very close together. So if you wanted to live in the city, you lived in this area called a close, which is an alleyway that goes down um, like between two buildings. And then you have apartments on each side of the alleyway. So back in the, uh, I don't know the year, but when the plague happened, 
Like there was the the Black Plague was a major thing in Scotland. Wasn't that like 1600s? I have no idea. Oh look, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Black Plague was uh, the, Scotland had a lot of plagues. Edinburgh, and specifically, they had a lot of diseases. But the Black Plague is what really um, <clears throat> took the city by storm. It wiped out like ten percent of the population, and they built a city embassy on top of these. Um, these closes so they knocked off half of these buildings they built an embassy above and the people underneath in the apartments were actually um, suffering from the plague so we were walking through all these closes where like this person died here this person died here this is where the plague the plague doctor with the with the nose thing you know oh yeah they look like yeah they look like a raven basically yeah yeah that's that's part of it raven was like a good luck or something like that and then they were able to put um like like smells and incense and stuff like that in the nose so they can like breathe better. I was super close. It was 1346 to 1352. Yeah. Yeah. Super close. close. Yeah. I don't really know. I was only 300 years off. (laughs) Pretty close. But so we did that, which was really cool walking through all these apartments and being like, this is where like this chick died. And like they had a quarantine camp outside of the city wall. Dude, that's insane. Because if you, like that's a perfect uh, benchmark for reference. Mm-hmm. Like our country is just over 220 years old, and we're talking about something that was occurring in the 1300s, and they're already established. Now they're dealing with some massive disease, yeah. and you're still in that same spot today in 2023. Like that's ridiculous. So all the are, like you're saying it's old. So are the buildings still in good shape, or is it like kind of decrepit? Like, are they constantly working on them to maintain them? Yeah, yeah, they're constantly working on it. There's a bunch of so the really interesting thing, which we'll talk about also. They they had a window tax back in uh, England and Scotland and stuff like that back in the 1400s and all that, where to have windows. Yeah, to have windows. The more windows you have, you were taxed on the amount of windows you had. So what they were doing is they were taking windows out and bricking up the windows. So you saw all these old castles that had like window, window, brick spot, window, window, brick spot because they didn't want to pay the window tax. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, so a lot of the area was still under construction, but it was all concrete. So Mm. it wasn't like buildings back then. It was more like concrete. I don't know if you've ever been to like a wine cellar where you walk in and it's like an archway. Yeah. Like it's a it's a half of a circle kind of that you're walking through. That that's these people's apartment. It was just like this half circle wine cellar type thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, Edinburgh was very touristy. Uh there's these three streets. It's Prince Street or Prince's Street, Queen Street, and one other street that are kind of like the main George's Street that are the main uh streets that go through Edinburgh are hotel was right in the middle of it it was sick and the second night that we're staying on uh at the hotel it's like 10 o'clock 10 15 at night and gene and i are laying in bed and we just hear beep 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 and we're like are we having a fire drill right now so the fire alarm started going off and we're like okay so let me get dressed and like actually be a human being and let's walk out. I don't know what's going on because this is, I've never had a fire drill before, like an actual fire alarm go off. So both of us walk out. I look at Gene and I'm like, is there like a meeting place? Like you, you work in a school, where are we going? So we walk out the building and there's like 60 people outside by this church and we just go stand next to them. And then three fire trucks come and they like evacuate the entire building. And this is at like 1030 at night. So this dude, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to my left and there's this dude in like a one piece silk pajama because he just like got out of bed and ran out. And everyone's just like, 
okay, what, what are we doing? It's 40 degrees outside, so everyone's freezing. So all the husbands are, like, grabbing onto their wives and, like, making sure that they're all staying warm and everything like that. It was just wild, and I was just waiting the entire time for, like, the principal to come on and be like, all right, you guys are all good. Come on back in. <laughs> because that's my frame of reference is school fire drills. How long did it last? I mean, it felt like a while. I would probably say a half hour. Okay, Jesus. 40 minutes. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a while. So they had to investigate the entire thing because they don't know what happened and i don't know if we ever were like we ever told out yeah right my thought process is an entitled american because they were all over the place these entitled americans bother the hell out of me so it was probably some dude smoking in a bathroom and that triggered the fire alarm that's what i'm thinking the kitchen was kind of a little bit weird too so i wouldn't be surprised if like they pulled orion from the office and they burnt toast and then they had to evacuate the building that wouldn't surprise me either Ryan started the fire <laughs> exactly so we're sitting outside we're standing there and she's like walking around telling us the story or like what's going on and everything and these two guys walk out from a bar that also are in the restaurant or in the hotel and they're like where are you guys from you sound american there were they were american we're like, oh, we're from Buffalo. I have, like, my Buffalo sweatshirt on. And he goes, really? Me too. I'm like, come on, dude. Stop it. So he lived in Allentown. I'm like, this is so weird. Why is everything so close together when you travel? It happens every time. Every single time you travel, you meet somebody from Buffalo. And it's not a big city. Like, Buffalo is not a big city. There's no way that we can just be out and about all the time. We're everywhere. It was the same thing after my honeymoon. I met the dude from Hamburg in the Athens airport. <coughs> And I grew up like three streets away from him. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And he's like, all right, man, go Bills. He's like, you do look like Josh Allen, and you pull off shorts. I'm like, thanks. Like, you pull off shorts. <laughs> yeah, because that was at the height of Josh Allen's short, yeah. you know, critic uh, comment. I don't, whatever. So just insane. Yeah. I, so that's really cool. And then, yeah, um, I mean, he didn't ask because you wore a Buffalo sweater. I mean, he's probably like numb because it's so cold outside, but. Okay. I mean, he asked, he's like, where are you guys from? And I'm like, like, Buffalo. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of Bills fans outside of Buffalo, so I right. guess you can kind of be a little bit weary. But then you start off the conversation, you're like, go Bills. You from Buffalo? Not like, where are you from? So correct. You got to start it the correct way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, there's a way to do that. Yeah. So you survive a fire drill, <clears throat> and then we're going backwards in this trip. So you're hanging out. What was that hotel like? Bougie. It's like okay. the top-rated hotel in Edinburgh. It was super fancy. The the breakfast. So, like, when you're going on vacations, how do you like your continental breakfast to be served? Are you are you a um, because we had a lot of different flavors? I will say, like, the coolest part about this whole vaca- this whole honeymoon was every single spot that we were in was drastically different from the previous spot. So, the cool part about doing it that way is that you're never comparing each spot to each other because it's a completely different experience. Edinburgh was like super old and we'll get to Inverness, but Inverness was like a college party town. It was wild. Hmm. Glasgow was super old and like everyone, it's more of an industrial shipbuilding area. Whereas Edinburgh now is kind of like the finance center. So it gives you perspective on the the people, different people in both. And then Isla is just an, an animal of its own, but every place was very different from each other, which made it feel like we were on four trips in one, mm-hmm. which was super cool because like like I said, you just we're humans. We constantly are comparing everything to each other, and there is zero way that you can even compare Edinburgh to Inverness. They're just two completely different spots. So yeah. so what, what was your question? I'm sorry. So that whole you asked about continental breakfasts oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. how I like them. Yeah. 
You know how I like them being served? Yeah, like, are they, do you like buffets? Do you like ordering stuff that's free? Like, w- w- how do you like breakfast when you're traveling? Um, I like sitting and ordering. Yeah. And then, because I'm, you. I like having everything being super fresh. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing. So, which is why I love Europe, because everything is super clean. The, I always have breakfast with a cappuccino. Always. Oh, yeah. And then... I just I just like fresh food. Typically, it's light. I'll do a light breakfast. It's not heavy, um, and then it always incorporates a ton of fruit. Yeah. So like when we were in Edinburgh, we stayed in this place. It was called the Intercontinental Hotel, and it was a mass buffet style breakfast, which I don't really like. Again, entitled Americans. I just don't like being around people a ton. I don't have to. Inter- I don't like to interact with them. So we go into this, like, Alton's on uh, Transit Road banquet room. Have you been in the banquet room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're, you're in this banquet room with 60 other tables, and then you all get up and, like, go to the buffet and take stuff, and someone's burning toast, someone's dropping a bacon, and, like, stuff like that. So when we were in Inverness, it was more you sit down, you order off a menu, like, I would like um, Eggs Benedict, please, because that's a banger breakfast, but I would rather do it that way than just sit down buffet. Agreed. Yeah. So, it was cool. Tried haggis a couple times. Haggis, what the, what the hell's that? Haggis and black pudding. Remember when we were in Ireland and there was black pudding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, black pudding is pig's blood, just so you know. And uh, haggis is like, I don't even really know what haggis is still. But it's delicious. It's very salty. And so is black pudding. And we had both of them and they were fantastic. Pig's blood. Yeah. We'll just agree and then move on from that because that's super epic. And I assume you took photos of... I haven't seen any photos from the trip outside of what was vaguely posted on social media. Yeah, which I didn't like post anything. I posted a picture of the bridge because I thought that that was a dope picture. Right. Um, so No, I'm glad I'm glad you guys didn't spend a ton of time on social media. It's your honeymoon. Like, you just take photos on your phone and move on. Right, like, it's yeah. not... That's not the time and place. Haggis is a Scottish dish consisting of sheep or calf's offal mixed with suet, oatmeal, and seasoning and boiled in a bag, traditionally one made from the animal's stomach. So that's how haggis is made. Mm, okay. And black pudding, I remember when you when we went to Ireland and we're like, what is this? Like, Because everything, it was on every single breakfast sandwich that we had. And we're like, what is this? And they're like, eh. And we're like, nah, I'm good. Right. So black pudding is a distinct regional type of blood sausage originating from the UK and Ireland. It's made from pork or beef blood with pork fat or beef suet and a cereal, usually oatmeal, oat groats, and barley groats. When we were in Ireland, I made that joke because we asked what it was. And they kind of shied away from giving us the actual answer because they knew it was going to be an automatic no, and they tried to sell it a little bit. And then I think we did try it once towards the end of the trip on a sandwich. It actually did taste good. Yeah. But when um, when I had it, I was kind of playing with it with my fork because it's like a sauce almost. Yeah. And um, I was like, hmm, guano. <laughs> and it was just, it was a very interesting experience. But that is part of, I don't know, you're there. Like, who cares? Just try it. You're not going to die from it. So whatever. Yeah. I had a lot of fish when I was there too. I will say Scottish cuisine, Scotland isn't known for their cuisine. So when you're going there, to find like a traditional Scottish meal doesn't really exist. I'm sure people in Scotland are going to yell at me if anyone listens to this. I don't know why you would, but if anyone listens to this and they're like, oh, we got traditional cuisine. Okay. But in general, when I was going out, it was all like beef, chicken, um, pork, but like there, there wasn't anything. 
super Scottish about it, I guess. Um, they have these things in Scotland called Highland cows, or they're called Highland coos. And they're those, I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of the cows that have like the bangs. Mm-hmm. They're adorable, but they don't like artificially fatten them up like they do in the U.S. because we're all for profit here. It's funny because you and I talked about this when we came back from Ireland. I Ireland was my first time kind of going abroad outside of Mexico when I was four years old, but that doesn't, I don't remember any of that. But when you travel outside, you realize that the United States is a great place, but also like not that great because we do a lot of things just for profit, which is kind of annoying, I guess. So these Highland cows, they don't artificially steroid them up like they do here because it's not necessarily for profit. They're um, uh, they're like super old and historic cows. They've been around forever. So when they get to a certain level, like weight, that's when they kill them and then we eat them. But it's a completely different taste than an actual beef. It's so much more pure and you can taste everything so much better when it's not artificially steroided up. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's just grass-fed. Yeah. And it's just, okay, it takes time. Now it's the animal's matured. Yeah. We're not trying to expedite the process. But they're everywhere. Like, them and sheep are, you look in a field and you're like, oh, there's 17 sheep and two cows there. It's pretty dope. That's awesome. And they got, like, the bangs, too. And it's so much cooler looking at the, because they, like, turn their head and they're just... Yeah, the, the emo cows. Like, yeah. It's not just a phase, mom. <laughs> it's not just a phase. So, so you leave uh, Intercontinental Hotel. Where were you before that? So before that, we stayed a night in this place called Monica Moor, and it is in a town called Loch Lochernhead in uh, or Balkitter in Lochernhead. So the way that we traveled, because like I said, we traveled over seven hundred miles. We stayed in those four big places that I talked about for multiple nights. But for traveling, since we were driving from one end of Scotland to the other, we had to stop for one night and stay somewhere. So we stayed in this place called Balkitter in Locker and Head. And it was, I, I feel like it would be like if Dwight ran an actual bed and breakfast because it was so kind of niche and like funky the rooms were super nice, but like the where you're staying versus where the check-in is versus where you're eating is all like these narrow hallways. Like you have to walk through an irrigation room to get there, and it was just like super strange. But is it was it, awesome. Was it that glamp place that Gina posted about? No, nah, that was that was on the way from Gla- or Isla to Inverness. That's where we did the glamp and stuff. Got it. Okay, yeah. you took photos of each room, right? Oh yeah, and like videos. Yeah. Okay, sweet. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. I'll show you. Okay. But yeah, so it was like, it was super weird, but the food was fantastic. And they had this dude that was French, which Gina loved because obviously she was able to (laughs) then speak French. And she's like, I just wish everyone in the United States would take French more seriously because it's like everywhere. I'm like, yeah, we're next to Canada, but also literally everywhere else speaks Spanish. So correct. Spanish and English run the world. Yeah. French, uh, I don't know. French is appreciated, but it doesn't run the world. Right. English and Spanish do. Yeah. So this dude was from France, and he came over and was recommending different wines and whiskeys for us to try. I'm like, I know more than you, sir. But he would come over, and he uh, – actually, one of the ones that I tried <clears> – <throat> so uh, Mike's useless fact that he said today was accurate because of the fact that I wrote down every single whiskey that I've ever had. When I was there, I made that decision when I was um, early on in this trip because I wanted to make sure that I was capturing everything. So Ardbeg made a whiskey 
No, it wasn't Artbeck. It was called Seaweed and Aeons and Digging and Fire. It was a 10-year peated whiskey. And this dude from the Monica Moore, he was like, just try this. It goes well with your venison that you had tonight. And just try it and let me know what you think. Because I love Isla, and he knew that. So um, let me put a little more in here. First beep. It's not program. Beep. Say beep. Beep. Man, I zipped that over, huh? That hurt the hand? No, it felt great. Exactly how it should have felt. You know when you catch like a solid pass from a quarterback? Mm. You're just like, that's exactly how it was supposed to be? For sure. Boom. Like that was sent with authority. Yeah. I had more drops and catches in my <laughs> life, but we're fine. We're out here. What's going on, Sammers? Huh? What are you doing? Studio pups in today? Studio pups. Doing good? Right up, 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 up. You want to say hi? Go go on. Up. Yes, it's okay. Oh, you want to come up over here? Okay, come here. Up. Come here. Up. You can do it. Come here. Up. Let me see your paws. Yeah, come on. Up. Good. There he is. There's Studio there Pop. There he is. Studio Pop. Studio Pop. <laughs> Studio Pop. <laughs> I know, bud. I just, I don't know. He was, he just needed it. Yeah. He needed to get out. I needed to get out. So, I hear he's that. here. Yeah. Okay, so what's up? So, Inverness, we're walking our way back. And we got to kind of like. No, we don't. I won't talk too much longer. What are you talking about? We're like 25 minutes already. We wanted to keep these episodes to 30. Okay, so honeymoon part one, part two, part three, part four. And then we just chop them every 30 minutes. Then we got four weeks. <laughs> Just a month full of content of me just rambling about a trip no one cares about except for you. I, dude, I'm so happy for you, man. It was just so much fun. And I, I really could talk about it for a while. Okay, so well, after, just hammer the highlights. So before Monica Moore was Inverness. Inverness was a party town like to the max. And I wasn't necessarily ready for this. So we walked down one of the main streets. And it was, I will say, Scotland was very pedestrian friendly, which... Hmm. I don't know if I was not expecting, but I wasn't expecting the level that it was. Okay. All the streets had beams in front of them for cars not to be able to drive down. So you're walking down the city of Inverness, and it was all just basically pedestrian walkways in the form of streets, which was sweet. So there was no real cars. That's really cool. They designed the city for people to walk. Basically, That's yeah. awesome. So there was this one street, which were all these bars and clubs. It was very clubby down there. They it kind of reminded me of Buffalo back in heavy Chippewa days, you know. So it was a shout out fire. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> there were all these different bars like Rendezvous and TJs and like all these cool names that people would go to and just get sloshed. And they had lasers going, and it's like this is 2010. Like, what are we doing here? They were a little bit, probably a little bit more behind. I guess I don't. I don't really know where they stacked to modernization sure yes you know sure so it was very north of scotland so i guess maybe things didn't reach there <laughs> but it was very college-like there were a lot of kids that gene and i were walking around and we're like we feel old no Which kidding was wild yeah yeah because normally we're not like i still feel young somewhat at heart mm -hmm. but we just kind of were walking around and a chick was there were like these planters that were planted in the middle of the street at Kind of like 30 degree angles. Or there's like six of them. And this chick was sloshed. 
she was running and jumping between the planters, and I'm thinking to myself, this chick's dying tonight. Ninja warrior. <laughs> yeah, she's prepping. She's got to do that salmon ladder, you know? Right. Yeah. So we were walking around. That was super cool. There was a lot of history there, but it wasn't anything crazy. That was the day that I was able to golf, though. So talk about golfing. Uh, so all I know is that it was like 20-mile-an-hour winds. Your pants were a-flapping. Gina walked the whole thing with you? She walked just the front nine. And then she went in the clubhouse and got tea and just watched. Gotcha. Which was super cool. But, yeah, so <clears throat> golfing was sick. It was this place called Castle Stewart Golf Club, which is, like, north east of Inverness. And it, it was supposed to rain the entire trip that we were there. When we were looking, when we were still in Buffalo, we were scrolling, and it said rain every single day. And I was super upset. When we got there, it rained like one day out of the 11 days we were there, which is unheard of. We talked to this dude, and he said, we're not even going to have a summer because you guys are here, and it's this beautiful. Like, this is just not Scotland weather. Scotland weather is, from what I've heard, it goes from basically 20 degrees Fahrenheit up to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. There's really no extremes outside of that. And when I was telling people what it's like in Buffalo, I'm like, well, we have negative 10 up to 95, so we're all sick all the time and they just laughed because it's very controlled there so when i was golfing it was probably like about 52 degrees and 25 mile an hour winds when we were driving there it the clouds kind of dissipated and it was super sunny and i was talking to gina i'm like i don't want to golf with people i don't like golfing with people especially when i'm just trying to have fun i don't want right. to one feel stressed two be embarrassed if i hit a bad shot and three just have to communicate with somebody that i don't want to talk to so we pull up and i look at the guy i say am i with somebody today and he goes dude there isn't anybody here until 12 30 and this was 10 o'clock i'm like are you kidding me so i had the entire course to myself which is unheard of especially in scotland that's where that's where golf started and i get there and he says there's no one here with you I was shocked. That's so cool. Like you, you golfed, yeah, like twice. And Relax. <laughs> you golfed, and you understand how you don't want to be with somebody. No, and the fact that you can go to a course, especially as nice as that one, and they say there's no one here, it just felt like Harley was saying, "Book the whole course for this kid because he's not very good." <laughs> just book the course for him and let him play by himself. That's obviously not what happened, but that's what it felt like when I got there. Because I just couldn't comprehend the fact that nobody would be golfing that day. It was a gorgeous day. So, did you have your own clubs? Yeah, so I rented these clubs. Uh, oh, you rented yeah, clubs. You I didn't bring clubs. your own. No. Okay. And when I got there, I thought that I was going to get an old, like, 1970s tailor-made, like, P or, uh, like, Z210 or something stupid from, like, the 80s or something like that. And he goes, we got brand new stealths, like a whole new set. So do you want to just use those? I'm like, obviously. That's kind of what I play with now. So yes, please. So that was sick. But it was 25 mile an hour wins. I hit my pitching wedge about 140 yards. And I wound up for, or I was getting ready to swing for a pitching wedge. I was like 130 into the green. And the wind was just headwind like crazy. I swung as hard as I can and went 75 yards. I'm like, I hate this game right now. It wasn't traditional Scottish golf, which was weird, because normally, from what I associate with Scottish golf is St. Andrews, like all the courses that you see on TV that the PGA Tour plays where it's links and a little bit of heather. 
these fairways were very narrow, and if you got off the fairways, it was prickly brush, bu- uh, bushes, hmm. which was interesting. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. How many balls did you lose? Five. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't my best round. That's crazy, though. And I didn't have a glove because I didn't buy a glove, and I didn't bring my own. You don't need a glove. Leaf. Yeah, So, and it was 25-mile-an-hour winds right by the water. It was gorgeous playing there. But, yeah, it was definitely a little challenging. But I wasn't there to play well. I didn't even keep score because I was just there to experience it. And if I kept score, I would stress myself out and get angry with myself. Whereas I was just like, if I lose a ball, throw another one out there and just hit again. Right. So it was it was super cool. Did you have a surreal moment? Oh, yeah. Like my first tee shot. So Gina was – this is the first time Gina ever went golfing with me because she's not a golfer. She's not super sport athletic. She's very athletic, but she's not sport athletic. So we're out there, and she sees me like practicing my swing in the living room all the time, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Just don't worry about it. You'll you'll see." So we get out on the golf course, pure my first tee shot, like right down the middle of the fairway. It was beautiful. I had a tailwind too, so it went extra far. It was perfect, and then I just sucked from there on out. But she went inside after nine, got a tee. I went in after, got a cappuccino, relaxed a little bit. Saw a dude come in that is part of the Asian tour in the Web.com or Corn Ferry tour. Just get out of here, bro. It was crazy, though. Beautiful day. That's awesome. That was definitely one of the highlights of my trip. Um, Because I I just... It was very surreal for me because one of my goals in life was to drink whiskey, go to distilleries, and golf in Scotland. Like, that's, that's where whiskey started, and that's where golf started. So if you are into those, go to Scotland because you're not going to get more, like, an origin story of either of those than you will there. So that was just a that was a super super highlight of my my time. Do you want to touch on Outlander? Do you want to talk about that was def- any of the distillery tours? Yeah, so we'll we'll do that in the next episode. We're thirty three minutes. Um, but you went to you had a little trip too to Tennessee. How was that? Let's just round out the episode with a little bit of you because I did a lot of talking. You're fine. I went to Tennessee for work. Um, I'm retiring there, so I already told Colleen like nine times. But I went to East Tennessee. Kenny Chesney, Morgan Wallen, um, those dudes are from there. Uh, Luke Combs um, is doing a lot now with Morgan Wallen, which is really cool. And he recently just moved to Nashville. He's been there for a decade, so that's neat. But the um, the entire experience was really neat because down there I was I was there for work, first and foremost, right? So work was the priority. It was 98% of the time mm-hmm. spent. But I learned a lot of really cool systems, um, seen what was possible with, I mean, you would appreciate this. Like they've optimized the software that we use to benefit every system that they have in place. So seeing oh, really? that in motion was really cool because yeah. we talk about it and we're trying to get there as a company. So to see it, it's just neat. So for reference, there's um, there's 440 dealers in the network. We're the 20, we're 20th. Um, they're, they're four. So seeing what they do and how they do it and um, seeing, you know, the title equal of me down there was awesome. But the first day we got there, uh, Sunday was a travel day and we left mad early out of Buffalo. So we got down to Tennessee at like 10 o'clock. Mm. Hotel room wasn't even ready. So I said, all right, let's just jump in the car and go to the Smoky Mountains. Like, oh, yeah. we'll just retreat to the woods. And uh, they have a huge tourist spot up there. So... The there's a guy that was a part of the first um, 
and subsequently all of the rest of the Titanic dives to find the ship. Yeah. And he has basically like this, the world's largest and or second, second in the world, because there's also a museum in Belfast where they built the ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the museum's massive and it's basically like Disney. The whole town is like Disney. They built buildings upside down on the outside to make them look like they're upside down. They got, um, King Kong on the side of a building, they have like it's just a huge tourist place so we went there went through the museum which was sweet and then they give you a card and they're like this is you like because you're boarding the ship so this is your card to know like and then at the end of the tour you find out if they lived or died but like this is your person my dude was from buffalo really which was yeah so that was not did they plan it like that no he no clue i wasn't branded nothing they have no clue i'm just a person and they're just like this is and it's random and I'm just like, how? Okay, I How don't is know. this random? Don't know, bro. So I'm reading it, and I'm just like, okay, this dude is, um, he's a first-class passenger from Buffalo. He's an architect. I'm reading his story. Oh, so he bougie and rich. Yeah. And they're like, at the end of the tour, find out if he lived or died. He died. But um, the tour was really cool. Like, they built the grand staircase, um, the whole ball, um, dome, ceiling. It's all there. It's to the nine, the same wood. Like, it's just, it's really, really cool. The museum's awesome. So did that the first day, second, you know, because that was Sunday. And then Monday through Friday was work, and we left Friday late morning. Um, bought, a care pop, uh, bought a pair of cowboy boots on Thursday. Changed my life forever. They're so they're comfortable. So Dude, they're so comfortable. But it's it's been a goal and a dream of mine since I was a kid was to own a pair of cowboy pant- or boots because I, I, like, I grew up watching Bonanza. I grew up watching every Western my neighbor had a five acre farm. I worked with him on his farm. Like, it's just, I, I'm just obsessed with it. Like I've always, and they're so damn comfortable, dude. Like I can't even, I just can't even explain it. How's the art supporting them? (laughs) Almost none, but that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, they're, they're sweet. So had a super good time down in Tennessee. And then I kept telling Colleen, like, if you were to move South, like this is kind of it. Cause the climate's, damn near perfect it's not too humid no income tax yeah i mean we can i can work at value and hand out coupons and say i don't know where anything is in the store and not care you know like here's your coupons leave me alone and then i can just make easy money it's i don't know it's it was a good time really good trip came back with a lot of really good tips and tricks and then implemented some new systems already to make things easier and um that's pretty much the last big trip before the baby you know hell yeah so that's it. That's sick. I'm happy for you. I, I joke about the cowboy boots, but I'm happy for you because I knew that that was a dream for you. Right back at you, man. Hell yeah. I'm glad you golfed in Scotland. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a <laughs> highlight of my life. So <laughs> next week, we're going to talk about the other part of my trip, which I know that all of you are super excited about. So um, Isla was a big part, and we're going to cover all that basically in its own episode because it, we did so much, and being a whiskey podcast, or at least a podcast that focuses somewhat on whiskey, I want to make sure that you guys understood my actual experience with it because it was super exciting. So next week we'll talk about that. Hopefully you tune in. Mike is going to probably have a useless fact again, hopefully. And uh, we'll just see you guys on that episode. Michael, I'm glad that we're recording again. I'm glad that we're doing batch recordings again because we have a lot of stuff that we need to prepare for. But please, if you're drinking with us today, please remember all your drinks about to be a good person. And Michael. Do not litter. We're out.
This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. 